Well, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. I can understand what um, Paul meant uh, when he said in chapter 1, verse 2, unto Timothy, my son, in the faith. And that's such people as Mac. He's my son in the faith. He is one of my preacher boys. And, and next Sunday morning, as I said, Brother Heath Manley is another one of my boys, uh, my sons uh, in the ministry. And um, Brother Tommy Brown that we helped ordain the other Sunday night. Uh, we sent Lynn Cinema text this morning encouraging them uh, in the faith to keep on going. First Timothy chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. These things command and teach. Okay, boys, listen, girls, it's not an option. It's a command. Let no man despise thy youth. You know, I was a youth once, and so were you. We have a good crowd of youth here at this church. We don't need to despise the youth, but be an example of the believers. Here it tells you how and where to be a good example. In word, in conduct conversation, in love, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And then Paul says, until I come back to you, give attendance to the reading and exhortation to doctrine. <clears throat> Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the presbyt by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, and in doing this thou shalt both, listen to what he says, save thyself and them that hear you when you speak or when you act or whatever you do for the glory of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you speak to our hearts through your holy word. And Lord, may I be open even right now to your spirit's leadership. And God, I'll thank you and praise you, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Normally, the first of anything is exciting. Now, I wasn't here when the first airplane flew, <clears throat> Excuse me, but I love to fly. I wasn't here when the first boat ship hit the water, but I enjoy being on the water. I can remember one of my first kites, flying a kite. I remember that I wanted to fly so bad that I made my own kite out of clear plastic, huge, and I put my initials on it, and there I went. I flew. The first of anything is always exciting. The first job, the first interview, and how nervous uh, we were in going for that first job. Probably the most nothing job I ever did and got paid for it. You would never guess it. You wouldn't guess it if you guessed a hundred guesses unless you've heard me say it before. I counted S&H green stamps at the store in Anderson. One day is all it took. I was hired, I'd done the job and got paid and never went back. Counting green stamps, S&H green stamps. 
How many of you remember that? You're not counting, but going with the stamps. Hey, I know you got gifts, all that kind of stuff. There was a lot of licking going on in them days. You know, yeah. This is licking up the stamps, you know. I don't like to do that now. I don't know what they put on there for me to lick. But the first of a lot of things is uh, exciting. I think about maybe the first person that the Lord allowed me to share Jesus with and they got saved. I think about the very first person that I had the privilege to baptize. Or the very first couple uh, that, uh, that I had the privilege of marrying. There's probably not a time that I don't go into Heritage Memorial Gardens and I think about all those surroundings there. I was one of two who had the privilege to build all those entrances, lay all those rock, and the first mausoleum that was built up on the hill there, I laid the brick on that, and then I had the first funeral that was in that plot, that whole place. The first. Well, you know, it's, it's important to think about those first things. Uh, Paul was so excited to speak to Timothy and said, son, I want you to keep on until I get back. This is what I want you to do. And he gave him the instructions. You know, my daddy, many a day, or beginning of a week, he said, now, this is what I'd love to have done this week. Now, of course, I had schoolwork, yes. Did I love it? No. I had homework. Did I enjoy it? No. But I had to get it done. And then I had to do all those chores that he wanted done. Now, listen. I knew that on that Saturday was going to be a good day if I had got all those things done that he wanted done. And I worked hard at it. Because on Friday nights in the summertime, Anderson Speedway would be churning up the red dirt. I wanted to be there. I didn't want to be hindered. You see, I lived within walking distance of the Speedway. No, I didn't ride a bicycle, and I didn't ask somebody to let me borrow your car. I walked. The very first things is always sticks out in your mind. But I knew if I got my chores done, hey, Friday night, I would be at the races. Saturday, hey, I was on my bicycle hitting every road I could get on. And then when I got my first motorcycle, wow. I can take you to the spot right now where I purchased it. The building is still standing. And I rode that thing out of there with the wind blowing in my face. I thought I had the world by the tail. Wow. The very first, I can take you to the place where I was saved at Mount Pisgah Baptist Church on a little set of concrete steps by some vacation Bible school teacher. I remember being baptized. In those days, you removed the pulpit stand, they opened up the floor, and there was where it was. I remember those days, remembering. Well, you know, I, I was sitting there a moment just thinking, you know, how, long, how long have we been doing this? A long time. Lynn and I, before we got married, we, we were in church three times a week. And after we got married, we continued that. And uh, I thank you again for all your prayers for my eyes. I can close the, 
good eye and look at you with the operated eye and you're almost clear. You're not distorted anymore. I praise God for that. And, and those things stick out in my mind. And, uh, you know, that Sunday that I wasn't here uh, and that Wednesday night, that's the first service I have ever missed from being, if you want to call that sick, unable to come. That's the first one. You know, I'll remember that probably till I leave this world. I remember the first time I wasn't able to go and to do. Now, the title today is very simple. Stay on the job. Stay on the job, okay? You might be saying, well, I'm not a pastor, so I don't have to worry about that. I'm not a pastor's wife. I don't have to worry about that. I'm not a deacon. I'm not a deacon's wife. I'm not a teacher. I'm not serving on any committee. But let me tell you something. Stay on the job. If you are a saved person, stay on the job. You do not have a choice if you're going to live for God but to stay on the job. Think about staying on the job. You know, anybody can quit. You know, it never entered my my mind when I was going to school uh, other than to go and have a good time. Um that one day it was going to come up graduation time. Oh, I had floundered around for 11 years, 11, 12, 13 years. I just floundered around. And then it come to me, hey, you you fixing to be a senior. What you going to do now, bud? If you don't get it right this year, you'll be sitting here next year. Yeah, I was 19 before I graduated from high school. But I made my mind up. I will not quit. I will stay in there because I want that thing they call diploma. And it does not, they didn't just give it to you. You had to earn it, okay? And I was so happy that night when my name was called and I could walk across there and get that paper. But I had to make my mind up. You see, I'd like to say I'd floundered around there for several years just getting by. Let me tell you something. That's what a lot of us sometimes as Christians do. We just do enough to get by. Well, I've attended church today and I gave. I don't won't be back until next Sunday. Let me tell you something. You may not be back then. If you heard me a while ago in my prayer, I didn't, I didn't write that down. It just come to my mind. This could be my last service. I'm not guaranteed the next minute. I'm not guaranteed to stand at the door and to thank you for coming today. I'm not guaranteed that. But I promise you one thing right now. I may not always be your pastor preacher, but I will be on the job somewhere. I hope I never lose my mind. You know, I, I was losing eyesight. And I thought, man, this would be horrible. Well, I still have my teeth. I still have half of my hearing. Um, some of you know what I mean. And you say, huh? Well, you know, I'd rather lose, I believe I'd rather lose anything than lose my mind. To not know who people are and, and to be able to thank people for who they are and what they do. So I'm going to stay on the job. All right, three simple things. If we're going to stay on the job, first of all, we have got to make up our mind to teach sound doctrine. Now, you say, what is that? I'm going to tell you what that is. 
as a Christian, not necessarily as a preacher or a deacon, but as a born-again child of God. There are people today who will teach you anything to get you to follow them. Now, I'm not condemning all these churches, okay? Hear me well this morning. I'm not condemning all these storefront places who call themselves a, a church or, <clears throat> excuse me, some of them don't even call themselves a church. And they wouldn't dare put up a cross. It looks more like a plant to me. And a lot of times it's a big concert to me. I've been to some of them. And if that's what it is, okay. If they're winning people to Jesus, okay. But don't pull up and split off and run over yonder and start a thing called a church and start reading scripture. And hey, if God's not in it, you better stay where you are, but teach sound doctrine. Okay, what is sound doctrine? To teach that God is a person, okay? He's not a mechanical device. He is a person. He created this world and everything in it. You and I didn't have a thing to do with it. He created it. Teach sound doctrine that God is a person, God is a spirit also. In the Gospel of John 4.24, it says, uh, Jesus said, God is a spirit. If you're going to worship him, you worship him in spirit and in truth. So if we're going to teach sound doctrine, we need to teach that God is a person. And I'll tell you about that person. He is approachable. Okay, he is approaching. No matter how low down I become or how big of a sinner that I might become or am, he is approachable. He waits on his children to come and say, Father, I am sorry. And he's not going to say, oh, get away from me. The Bible says if we ask him to forgive us, he will. He is a person. He is approachable. And uh, he, he is a, a, a person of the Spirit. He's also absolute. Let me tell you something. God is absolute. First um, Timothy 3.16 tells us that, that Scripture, every bit of it is true. Listen, there's no tricks in here, okay? There is no contradictions in the Word of God. It's all true. It was God breathed on these people and they wrote the message down so you and I could have it. He is absolute. Now listen, God speaks through a lot of things. Some of them sometimes might be embarrassing to you or me. But he has spoken through fire. He has spoken through clouds. He spoke through a donkey. He spoke through a rooster. He spoke through the light. Whatever it takes to get my or your attention, God will do it. Do you understand? It's not an audible voice, okay? It's not an audible voice. But now, in that rooster and in that donkey, it was audible. I mean, that rooster, Jesus had done told Peter, son, you're going to deny me and I'm going to prove to you that you're going to do it because when you do it the third time, the rooster's going to crow. And that's exactly what happened. I wish I'd have brought my recording. I have a recording of a real genuine rooster. I mean a crowing. And Peter remembered. And it's amazing to me how God will speak, and he will speak. In fact, he speaks through his word every time you read it. If you read it with a loving heart and a loving spirit, God speak to my heart. It's in the word. And he's given it to us again here this morning. It says, these things command and teach. It's my responsibility to teach. 
Look at that word teach. And if you drop the T, you get each. It's my responsibility to teach each and every person that I have the opportunity to do so. He's absolute. Listen, also, the Bible is God's word. It's pure. It's without errors. It's the truth. It's the only book to live by. Let me tell you something. Many of you know I wrote a book. Well, you can read that book one time and it's over and done with, okay? You can read this Bible no matter how many times you read it. Every time you read it, something's going to become new. That book is inexhaustible. You can read it all you want to and you'll never wear it out. God will see to it that it speaks to your and my heart. Let me tell you something. No matter what we go through in life, there is a verse of Scripture that will fit the problem that I have. And it will not only fit the problem I have, but it will give you a solution as to what to do. So, we need to teach sound doctrine. Secondly, if we're going to stay on the job, we as Christians, we need to proclaim the gospel. Okay, I love acrostics, and some of you probably know that already. But the gospel, you take each letter, is simply this. God's only Son provided eternal life. That's how you spell the gospel. God's only Son provided eternal life at no cost to you or me. Isn't that amazing? No cost to you and me. All he wants is your heart. He wants your soul. And he wants your body to be used for the glory of God the Father. When we think about the gospel, um, Jesus, I believe this. Somebody asked me, in fact, this week, uh, you know, what do you preach out of? What do you believe? Let me tell you something. I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus healed all walks of life and still does. Mainly a while ago in praying, I was praying for little Maggie Wells. Okay? Don't get her off your heart and your mind. Pray for her all day today. Pray for the doctor. You know, I think many times our doctors, they come in and examine and they, they do x-rays and run all these kind of tests. I pray for them that they'll be able to read the results and know what to do. I told Dr. Bergstrom, who did my surgery, about the first time we met, and he told me what was ahead and what I could expect and what he would be doing. I said, Doctor, I've already prayed for you. And I said, if things go haywire, I'm not going to blame you. But I put you in God's hands. Hey, I praise the Lord. Yeah, I believe God done it. I believe he done it through that doctor. Jesus feeds the people, even today, physically and spiritually. And it's up to us to help people do that. Let me tell you something. I believe this. When we're going to talk about the gospel, Jesus was arrested he was, he was arrested. He was put on trial. He was put in prison. He was nailed to a cross for a lost and dying world. And of all the mean and hateful and ugly things that we people were doing to him then and still doing today, when you deny Jesus, you put him on that cross again. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Thank God for for forgiveness. Well, they buried him. I believe that. He arose from the grave. And this week's good news uh, lesson is on that this week. The good news of Jesus being alive. 
And in one of the little slides, I, I looked at it and I just, I thought, man, that must have been something when the angel came and rolled back that stone and these guards fell, fainted as dead men. God has a way of removing folk. Hello? You can get out of hand. I can get out of hand. I can be a low-down, sorry, low-down rascal. And if that's what I am, and God says, hey, enough is enough, he can take me out of the scene. He can remove the candlestick. He has that right. He has that authority. And he has that power to remove me. And don't you forget and think, well, hey, I'm Mr. High and Mighty. I'm doing this and I can do that. And so far, I'm getting away with it. Okay, Bible says that we will reap what we sow. We'll reap more than we sow. We'll reap longer than we sow. But I love the scripture in Romans where it says, And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can you beat that? Man alive, can you beat that? What a person we have in Jesus what power we have in him. You know, I have a lot of preacher friends. And I, I thank God for my, my relationship with them to, to know when we meet together, we're not in competition. We're pulling the same wagon. Preaching, teaching, loving people. Same wagon. Brother Kenneth Ridings, Mac, asked me one time, he said, where are you preaching now? I said, Earl's Grove. He said, how long you been there? I said, 10 years, and this is what he said. He said, you said, well, stay there. You can't do any more than you're doing somewhere else. I can't do any more than I'm doing where I am, okay? Now, I could step up the pace just a little bit, but I've realized lately that the pace, the heart don't want to keep up with the pace. It lets me know, hey, you either slow down or I'm going to shut down. And if he shuts down, I'm in trouble. So I can't keep up with the pace that I used to pace. But I'm still pacing, okay? And I'm still going. I'm going to keep on going because I believe that we ought to Teach sound doctrine. I believe we ought to proclaim the gospel. And thirdly, listen, and last of all, we need to, as Christians, we need to defend the faith. Defend the faith. Now, when we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, we joined an army, by the way. We joined an army. We're soldiers of the cross. And under that cross, that, that, that banner, there she hangs right there. It's the banner that you and I bear that we share with those round about us. Now, how do we defend the faith? Jesus said, confess me before men. And if I be lifted up before men by you and me, he said, I'll draw all kinds of people unto myself. You see, we are a part of that magnetism. You got God the Father, you got the Lord Jesus Christ, and you got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in every born-again child of God, right? And if he does, are you, am I letting him have his way? I believe that God gives the orders and that Jesus prompts the Holy Spirit and the Spirit is right here and the Spirit says, hey, this is what you need to do. 
and I'm going with you. That's another thing about the gospel of Jesus and defending the faith. He said, I'll never leave you and neither will I forsake you. You know, every every local church, um, we're in battles. I mean, more and more, we're in a battle against Satan and all that he would throw at me. By the way, that reminds me, someone asked me yesterday where the scripture was that Satan got got, uh, kicked out of heaven, and I couldn't recall it, but if you hear this morning, ask me because I have got it, all right? So, if that was you, you just asked me for it. Now, if we're going to defend the faith, three simple things. Be faithful to the Word of God. Be faithful to your task, whatever it is. And be faithful to the people who you associate with. They may be counting on you. They may be counting on you. I would appreciate it also if you would remember a name. Dan Huey. Traveler's Rest. Who I laid brick for. Who I was working for when I surrendered to preach. He recently was called on to speak at a funeral of a whole lost crowd. Doubt if there were any or very, very few Christians at this service. And he did, he said, I did the best I could. Just a few days after that, the husband called and said, Dan, would you come see me? He went. The boy's lost. He said, I have a bricklaying crew. They're all lost. My wife is gone. I have nobody. So past three, at least three weeks, Dan, he's retired. He is 10 years older than I am. That makes him 81. He goes every day wherever the boys are laying brick and, and ministers to them. Every day he goes. Every day that he's physically able. And like I said, he's 81. He's not in the best of health, but he goes. He goes. I talk to him every Sunday morning at 7.30 and I always say, how's the bricklaying mission trip? And he tells me. He tells me. And the boy keeps saying, Dan, I need you. I need you. None of them have been saved yet. If you've ever been on construction jobs, you know what kind of language a lot of time goes on on construction jobs. And that's what he's contending with. But he's doing his best to defend the faith. And what is that simply? Keep the word of God up front, stick to your task, and minister to those people who God puts you with. I didn't know this week that I would come across a young man that knew me, and I didn't know him. He knew uh, uh, Josh, and uh, I don't know, he just, he just began to share with me and cry. I didn't know how, I just stood there and listened. And he, he I mean, it's big guy. And he started just wiping tears. And I let, him, I let him finish. And then I put my arm around him and I prayed with him. He's a member of a church in our local area. But he said, Kenny, I'm backslid. He said, I don't go to church. I'm backslid on God. And I mean, I just, all I could do was just, just to share with him, pray with him again, defending the faith. And hey, the word of God. And then he shared a miracle that had taken place in, their, in the family's life. He believes in God. He knows where he, where he is. He knows what he's supposed to do. Stay on the job. 
teach sound doctrine. Share it with people. Proclaim the gospel. Defend the faith. You remember Peter, so outspoken. You remember when they were in the boat and Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, Hey, can I come out there? I want to come out where you are. Come on. And as soon as he got out on the water, I can imagine him, the kind of person he was, looking back and saying, Hey, what do you think? And he began to sink. Simply said, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached down and caught her by the hand and said, you know the problem with some of us? We won't get out of the boat. We will not get out of the boat. What I mean by that, we will not get out of the comfortable mode in which we find ourselves in right now. We're happy. We're satisfied just doing what we're doing. And if you had to write it down on paper right now, I want you to listen. I want to challenge you, every one of us, including myself, go home this afternoon and with paper, this is what I'm doing for the Lord and begin to list it. You might find yourself needing to get out of the boat and do what God wants you to do. There's not a week goes by that I don't cross somebody's path that needs the Lord. Somebody. If you're out and about, hey, you're going to cross somebody's path that needs the Lord. I beg you, I challenge you, stay on the job. If you have slipped and been laying out of the job, you need to come back to it. Just simply come to the altar this morning and tell God you're sorry and you want to get back where you used to be. He's waiting. Stay on the job. I challenge you. Please don't quit. Don't give up. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege to stand in this place today. Lord, I pray that you'd help us who defend the faith to proclaim the gospel, to believe in all the doctrines that, that's in your holy word, that you are a person, that Jesus died on the cross and arose from the grave, that the Holy Spirit is alive. Lord, speak to our hearts. I challenge people that are listening today, God, that they, if they need to come, that you give them the courage to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother.